0: and welcome to the Mentorship Moments mini-series of the Leadership Blog, where we chat all things mentorship with our mentors from our scholarship. I'm Antonia, I'm currently on the Florence Nightingale Foundation Digital Leadership Scholarship, and part of that is that we're given a mentor for the year, and I've got the absolute pleasure of interviewing mine today. Dion Rogers is the Chief Nursing Information Officer at Kettering General Hospital. She's a previous Florence Nightingale Scholarship Scholar too, and she's won loads of impressive awards, including the Digital Leader of the Year and a Woman. In tech Excellence Award. From a personal perspective she's been supporting me with monthly meetings and she helps me with goal setting and career planning and helping me to make sense of quite a busy year really. So hi Dion, welcome, we're really pleased to have you on the podcast.
1: Hi Antonio, it's absolute pleasure to be here. I think what you're doing is absolutely wonderful as part of your scholarship and um, a pleasure to mentor you. So we actually
0: met one another before the scholarship didn't we Dion? I remember I contacted you through Twitter to ask some advice from You,
1: you absolutely did Antonio and it was um yeah you know I I love helping um new and emerging nurses particularly in the digital space and um more than happy to help and I think we had an instant connection it was um you know you were so enthusiastic and just needed that bit of guidance to Hone down what you wanted to um, focus on for your interview for the scholarship, and um, it, it appears my help helped you to do that. And um, you were obviously very successful, which I was thrilled about. So yeah, that's how we met. And um, you know, I'd encourage more people to, to reach out to people. You know, um, mentorship is incredibly important, and you know, passing on those skills that you've learned through the years is is I think it's it it has to be that way. I think. It it has to be you know don't keep all what you've learned to yourself we have to share that's something I'm very passionate about so I was really pleased that, that you um that you did that of course I think it just
0: got, it felt completely like it was meant to be that you ended up being my mentor on the scholarship because like, having met you and approached you for advice about it I just couldn't have been more delighted to see your name when I got that email and thought it's oh it's someone I know already and we already had got on so well because I do think there is something quite important in mentorship about the connection that you have with the person like if you don't have that immediate kind of back and forth easily then it might be a bit more of a struggle to to get as much out of it as as I feel like I get out of it with you so yeah I just couldn't have been more pleased about it
1: So It was was so random, wasn't it? It was just random. It was like, you know, oh, you know, oh, I've got Antonio. That was, yeah, super good for both of us. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So if we start off, I thought maybe if you could tell us a bit about your career journey, how you got to where you are today to be in a position to share all this knowledge with me.
1: (laughs) Okay, so um, I'm going to go right back to when I was 13 and um, had a battle with my my dear dad, who sadly passed, over... You know he kept saying go into computers go into computers and I said I want to be a nurse leave me alone I don't want to do all of that sort of thing and you know fast forward now that I'm a digital nurse so we, we both we both won really it's a win-win so that's always great um but yeah so I started in 1991 um doing my training trained in Northampton um spent 11 years in medicine nursing so um haematology cardiology stroke nursing particularly stroke was a huge passion of mine um and then became the board manager for um, the acute assessment area which I absolutely loved and then was sort of asked to do a digital project which was you know Kettering this was in 2011 was really quite strange because it just wasn't digital at Kettering and um, it was about discharge planning so it was about um, individual patient um, plans for discharge and and I was very passionate about making sure people didn't stay in hospital longer than they needed to be etc you know knew that it was a safe place when you needed the acute care but actually not a very safe place when you didn't and so we got some fantastic results from that and I really got hooked into data and how data can improve patient care and actually the, the work and lives of staff as well which is obviously very important too. Um, unfortunately that project didn't um, go to full rollout um, I did it again in uh, about three years later and it again it didn't go to full rollout and it was It's kind of wounding to me personally, actually, because I wholeheartedly believed that this was one of the keys to improve patient care. Um, so uh, I left Kettering at that point went to Northampton General and became heads of capacity there Um, had three great years there Um, but fortunately my daughter took quite poorly and um, I had to take some time out Um, she's fully recovered now Um, so I took a step back and went went to came back to Kettering and became deputy director for medicine where um, I did lots of work around improving patient pathways in other ways but this this niggling digital interest wouldn't go and um and we had our new chief executive simon weldon join us and i sort of looked him up and found out he he used to be the crew of the winter rooms which is a, a huge data warehouse for all the winter sit reps and so i knew that he would love data so i went to get an appointment with him um and as i say the rest is history he he started to then put his digital team together um appointed my great boss Andy Callow to the role of CIO at board level which is quite unusual and Andy then developed the role of the CNIO uh, and I was successful as being the first CNIO at Kettering um, so, so that's my journey really It's um, it's full of twists and turns But um, I think doing that digital project 10 years ago It just captured me And continues to capture me Which is why I'm so passionate About digital health And uh, um, particularly bringing on nurses Midwives and allied health professionals Into the space
0: It's really interesting that you say I hadn't realised that we had stroke As a common interest My granddad had a stroke When I was very young And when I went into nursing I always thought that's what I'd work in And, yeah. um, and did a, a placement in the stroke ward and didn't end up there but remember it just being such an important part of the beginning of my career so I'm surprised we hadn't found that out considering how much we chat in our meetings
1: I I was very passionate because I I used to say there was not a lot of funding when we started the stroke service up and I used to say if you had a clock go to the heart you would get gold standard care but if it went to your brain there wasn't quite the same level of of funding and support and strokes can affect every single part of your being and I found that incredibly rewarding to help pe- nurse people back uh, from that so yeah that was my probably my clinical career highlight yeah but then it's also interesting
0: about hearing about how you've come into digital and leadership because I think what we really need in digital and what we're seeing now is kind of strong leaders in that space who um who can help people realize that it's going to be a benefit and not something another thing to kind of bash them around the head with it's supposed to be supportive and it is supposed to help you with your projects and so having people like you kind of leading the way and then people like me trying to do the same you know a bit later and learning from you is just so important I think so yeah brilliant to kind of get you the, the huge value of your experience there um so now you're obviously you're a mentor and not just for me I know you do mentor others as well yep. and, um, and I'm interested to know what led you to want to become a mentor so what what made you think this is a good thing to be doing and then um what do you kind of want to help others with what's your reason for doing it all oh uh,
1: yeah um so I always loved having a student nurse with me I just always, I'm surprised I didn't go into education, actually, because I just didn't love sort of imparting knowledge and helping people to be the best that they can be, really. Um, So when I joined the the, um, digital team at Kettering, one of the, she's not a nurse, she she works in the IT department, approached me to be her mentor um, because she said I I held the same values as her and she felt that she wanted some support. Um, And I'm really pleased to say that she... um, She's now doing her master's, so she's doing really well. And I just got such a lot out of it. Um, and then um, a colleague of mine who is part of our provider service um, contacted me to say there was um, a young nurse um, in Sheffield who um, was new in the digital world and could do with some somebody to sort of help her along in her first few months, really. Um, that turned out to be Holly Carr, who's also a fellow Florence scholar. Um and um so I, I started to mentor holly and just found just I, I just got so much out of it um just a very personal thing is, is part of the florence was looking for those bright spots and you know definitely when you contacted me antonio and then holly you know i thought these these are the bright spots these are the digital nurses and leaders of the future and you know i need to have to give whatever i can to help them along their way and i got a lot of personal satisfaction out of that so um, and then i've gone on to to mentor um another nurse from another organization um a new cnio um for six months claire and um, yeah I think that's my limit for um (laughs) I've turned down some more people now but as people move on yeah I will continue to do that because I think it's incredibly important and and gives me such joy as well it's interesting
0: that you started off there talking about being uh, looking after student nurses and being a mentor for student nurses because I think that is something for nursing that we all do mentorship to some extent when we're teaching student nurses but there are lots of um nurses who are like oh I've got the student today you know rolling their So you can really tell who are the ones who are going to be the kind of nurturers and the educators and the ones who are keen. And I definitely remember as a student nurse being really aware of which which nurses were keen to help you and then you really remember them and they kind of have an impact on your whole career. And then the ones who are like, Oh, I've got to drag this student around with me for the day, and and don't really want to do it. So it's good to um to kind of recognise that that mentorship that we're talking about now, kind of later in in our careers, is very similar to what what happens at the beginning of our careers when we're student nurses. And um and you know having somebody who's really interested in it and positive about being a mentor makes makes all the difference, w- whichever stage of your career you're in. So, so yeah, good to yeah. you talking about that. So do you, have you been mentored? I mean, I'm assuming you have been mentored by I mean, lots of people over the course of your career, but have do you think
1: that the experience of being mentored
0: has changed how you mentor
1: others? Absolutely. I've, I've been lucky enough to work with incredible people over the years. Um, but more formally as part of the Florence scholarship, I was mentored, um, by the incredible, um, Dr. Natasha Phillips, who's our CNIO for England. Um, and so that's been brilliant. And thinking about what that sort of has brought to me, really, I think Natasha has really helped me to gain direction, um, Um, She's an absolutely brilliant connector. She's such a networker and has connected me to so many brilliant people. Um, And actually, Natasha was fundamental in in supporting me through a diagnosis of dyslexia that I've found since I've been on the Florence course. I kind of suspected I had it for a long time, but I was very, very scared of writing. Um, But Natasha called it out, actually, on a mentor session, and I got tested And um, I am dyslexic or neurodiverse, as the the latest language is. Um, And I'm now 50% through a master's, and I'm achieving really great results. So, you know, I cannot thank Natasha enough for that. Um, And then as part of my personal budget, I've had some coaching from a lady called Pippa Goff, who has really impacted me personally on looking at my own vulnerabilities and holding a mirror up to myself. So, I mean, they say it's a journey the scholarship and um, it is life-changing and and I think those two things in particular have had a very big personal impact on me yeah
0: it's interesting that you, when you talk about the language you use there about calling you out or calling something out in the session because I feel like you've done that with me lots of times and said something <laughs> where I'm like oh my gosh I had no idea for example <laughs> the fact that I start almost every sentence with I feel like instead of so I don't do any thinking I only do the feeling and so trying to kind of redirect that is a really helpful thing to know about yourself but also when we I was trying to talk about my work life balance to you and saying, Oh, I'm trying to improve that and trying not to work late. And you said, Antonio, you, you don't believe that. I can see you don't mind and you don't <laughs> want to change anything about your life. And I was like, Oh, maybe you're right. So it's quite helpful to have that kind of call, uh, excuse me, calling out of things that assumptions that you're making about yourself. And I, so sometimes that might be quite difficult to do as a mentor because it's kind of taking a risk to say something that might be difficult to hear. um But I think so there's a real thing about bravery in mentorship, which is putting yourself out there to do something for somebody else, which might be hard so I think there's a lot
1: to be admired yeah and I think it's genuinely being open to being called out on things because you want to grow through the relationship and you know for me I want to be honest because that allows you it is that holding the mirror up kind of relationship and saying you know I genuinely want you to get as much as you can out of that mentoring relationship and so if I just tell you something you can read in a book or watch watch a YouTube video on you're kind of not gain, gaining anything. This is a personal one-to-one relationship that you truly have someone who, who wants you to improve in, in a supportive environment. So that's what's important for me, being a mentor. And as a mentee, I think you need to be open to that. Obviously not harshly, you know. Um, but yeah, I can absolutely see when we're talking that um, you sometimes say one thing, but I can see you're feeling another thing. And um, I think the best session was when, when I sort of saw Said, you know your personality your Myers-Briggs is, must must be a, not a thinker because you feel <laughs> so much and that maybe strike a little bit more of a balance and, and I think that the next session you'd achieve so much in that next month of doing that that um, you know I, I think that gave me the confidence of our relationship to be able to say that to you and you were open enough to receive that information so that's what it's all about for me. I just thought it was hilarious because I hadn't it just I didn't
0: to be honest I didn't expect to get that out of the mental relationship, I kind of expected to be, like, I kind of knew enough about myself that there wouldn't be surprises, which I know is actually quite, like, a bit full of myself, really, isn't it? Like, oh, I already, nobody <laughs> can teach me anything new about myself. And I think going into it, I just didn't expect there to be as much that I could get out of it. And so it's just been fantastic to find that there is masses. And so the longer that we go on with this relationship, the more I'm able to come into it open already, expecting there to be stuff to learn rather than coming in thinking, oh, I know myself already, this will be a nice chat kind of thing. It's a, like it's a different something different to get out of it that I didn't expect. And the other thing um, that I I get out of it very much is um, coming into it being able to be a bit kind of messy and not have the answers. Because if you're talking to someone at work, however um, supportive they might be as a manager, you've got to present yourself in some kind of professional way and to uh, appear capable to manage what you're doing, particularly if you kind of have aspirations of future promotion or, you know, you want to put your frame yourself as someone who's able to do lots of things. Um, And so having somebody like you who, who works somewhere completely different to me who's not so you're um you're not going to change the path of my career in terms of I'm not going to be interviewed by you probably for anything in the future you're not um, you're not appraising my performance so I can come and say, here are all the things I'm really struggling with and I wouldn't want to say to my manager. And that's quite a freeing thing to be able to say that to somebody else um, where it doesn't impact you, I don't
1: know. Yeah, no, there's no agenda, is there? It's it's There's no agenda other than giving you the support um, that you need. And, and you know, like I say, what things that I've got out of mentorship, connecting you, giving, you know, playing back ideas to me and, and whatever, you know. And, and it's not always that you don't teach me things either. I mean, oh, my God, you're the Twitter queen. You just... <laughs> <laughs> great on all of that you know I think I'll be hooking you up with some other people to be a Twitter mentor in the future Antonia.
0: well I don't know if I really know what I'm doing in fact I'm learning lots from the leadership log podcast because I'm, <laughs> I'm one of the comms people for that and so I'm having to really learn a bit about more about Twitter I've just been making it up up until now but as soon as it's for somebody else you think oh I better get my app together really <laughs> do it properly but it's um again it's a good learning thing but Twitter feels quite fun
1: go. do you know what yeah. giving it a go again it's that thing of you don't need to you know have a degree in it you're giving it a go and you're you know you're empowering other people that's what it's about show up
0: exactly exactly and I think talking of Twitter it feels that feels like another way of really connecting people in in a way that you wouldn't have otherwise been able to find people like I wouldn't have known that you'd done your Florence Nightingale digital scholarship before and wouldn't have been able to come and find you to ask you for advice had that not been there so I think it's a real opportunity to get that sort of informal mentorship that we did before we started the scholarship um
1: absolutely and and I did exactly the same so when I first got my CNIO job because although I've been very experienced in leadership roles digital was uh, as a role was very new to me and I went onto LinkedIn and I just put CNIO in and I found Jo Dixon who is now um, the chief nurse for NHS Digital Um, she worked for Nuffield Health then and she's done the same for me really we meet informally not a formal mentorship but she's helped me with establishing the Midlands CNIO network um, because she was the chair of the national CNIO network, and I, I just did the same. I just put CNIO into LinkedIn, and up she pops. So, yeah, you know, we'll all be getting loads of pings now. But, um, yeah, if I can't help you, then I know somebody who can, and that's the thing of you know, we need to be connecting people. Um, and, in fact, I've started as part of the CNIO advisory panel, I've started a little bit, I feel a little bit like Scylla Black and matching people up, um, because I really want to encourage a formal mentorship platform for new digital colleagues um, and the the networks are really open to that so um, I really hope to build on the networking um, culture really in in digital health. That sounds amazing I'm really
0: as soon as you set that up I'll be straight in there that sounds brilliant. I think um, the other thing for me about mentorship with you that's been really helpful is the kind of um, almost homework so I've said something worries me or I'm not sure how I'm going to do something and I tell you about all of that and then we kind of make a plan and you say right bye next time because we have the monthly meeting so by next time you need to have done something about that and you can come and tell me and having being accountable to somebody else even though I mean it doesn't make any difference to you really whether I do it or not but being accountable to another person so I can come back and say this is what I have like proudly come in and say this is what I've done this month <laughs> um, makes a big difference to actually doing those things when otherwise I might have let my kind of fear get in the way or um, or just have put it off in favour of other things so I think that's a really helpful thing about mentorship as well for me I imagine that Natasha probably did say similar things with you when
1: you worked with her yeah and i think i think you learn different styles with different people i think with you i've recognized that you know you like to do that you you like to go away and challenge yourself and and you're really like in the mentorship moment that you you take the opportunity to to go and do put some of that into practice you know not everything of advice will work for you um but you know you give it a go and that that's the important thing you know what's the point in being in that mental relationship if you you don't want to address the things that are bothering you. You know, I I'm not appraising you, as you say. You know, you come to me with, you know, this is bothering me, or I'm kind of confused about where I want to go with this, and we talk it through and I suggest something and you give it a go. Um and and that's brilliant for me. The fact you know, and if, if that didn't work for you, then we would stop giving you homework. I told you I'd want to go into education, I should be a headmistress.
0: <laughs> You'd be a great headmistress, I'm sure. <laughs> the thing about headmistresses is they don't do any of the teaching, they just look after all the teachers, don't they? So you'd have to be a well, teacher. You well, well, be a yeah, you're quite right. <laughs> Although I suppose, yeah, headmistresses are probably doing all the coaching for all the all the teachers. So actually, maybe you'd be great for that as well. Um, so I think, um, yeah, for me, this whole mentorship thing is amazing because it feels like there's such a skill in what you're doing, but it, but it always just feels informal, like a chat. Even though I'm sure you're doing, you know, you're thinking, what suits Antonia and does she, does that style work with her? And it, so that's um, kind of happening under the surface. And I know that there's training for coaching. Specifically, and I don't know that mentorship can be a bit more informal. Have you done any kind of tra- training around coaching, or do you know much more about that kind of um, academic side of it? Do
1: you know, I haven't, and it is something that I do want to do once I finish this master. <laughs> You've got quite a lot on your plate. <laughs> anything else at the moment? Um, it, it is something that I, I would like to do. Um, there was some coaching and mentoring training in the um, Heartridge part of the Florence Scholarship, um, so a little bit of guidance there. But I think I've just drawn on my experience of, of leading and mentoring student nurses and my teams over the years um, and that's the I kind of think yes of course there's those formal mentoring skills but actually if you come from a very personal place of wanting to develop people um, it's about understanding what that person wants from you or from the mentoring relationship um, so I'm sure I will do something formal at some point but it seems to be okay at the moment and um, i not
0: sure you need to to be
1: honest I think <laughs> you've got it down <laughs> do a bit more of the coaching side of things um you know I, I think that's a great skill to have as a leader to be able to coach your team so definitely oh and I, I'm saying I've done nothing formal I did then um EMB 997 years ago uh, mentoring leadership. I don't know why I've just forgotten about that because it was um it was quite a bit of work back in the day um so yeah I, I think it's that and then drawing on the years of mentoring students and things
0: I guess something about nurses is that generally most of us are kind of people, person type people and who who are kind of empathic and we do difficult conversations as part of our clinical work often. And so I think all of those skills kind of come into how you mentor probably and how you um, how you speak to other people when you're kind of trying to help them develop. So um, I think maybe for nurses, it is quite something that falls into their sort of skill set. And then, of course, there's more you can develop. And as you become a leader, you do develop those skills, but you don't necessarily need a course to do it, do you I don't think you should. I don't think you should be worried about going on (laughs) any courses. You're doing very well for me. Thank (laughs) you so some of the um I, I sent you a couple of questions in advance so i thought you might want to prepare some of the answers for these ones but we've got um some questions we ask everyone who come on the podcast and one of them um is about who your ideal dinner guests would be they can be dead or alive they can be famous they can anyone you like and we say dinner guests but when we planned this we were planning on saying who do you like to be in a hot tub with but then we thought we'd better not say that in case it's people you really wouldn't want to see in swimwear so it's up to you whether <laughs> you
1: think about a hot tub or dinner or a dinner party right when you hear my answer she would was- Definitely not picture this in a hot tub. I'm sure. <laughs> 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 Go on then. Okay. So the first one would be my absolute heroing, um, which is Jacinda Ardern, the New Zealand Prime Minister. I I just love her. I'm a huge fan girl. I just love her style, her policies her the way that she speaks her empathy and the fact that she juggles being a woman she doesn't apologize for being a woman in a in a leadership role she embraces that i think women who try to be like like men i think there was a culture back in the 80s where we were trying to sort of um become something we weren't i think you you have to be your authentic self i i completely believe in that and i think she does that with such style so i absolutely would love to be At a dinner party and not in a hot tub With Cinder Ardern Before Um, you move on to the next one You're just going to whiz past the fact that she wrote to you, didn't she? She did write to me, yeah Um, My my partner wrote to her Because he was proud of things that I've been doing and she wrote, back, she wrote back to me. Yeah, I've invited her to my gym bar, but she's not taken me up on the offer just yet. <laughs> I think it's the COVID restrictions. I'm sure she'll be here. She'll be straight day. there once
0: she's allowed to fly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe that's a, a real-life dinner party guest soon. You never know. Yeah, you
1: never know. Um, my dad. My dad, he passed away 15 years ago, and i just love him to see what I've achieved and, and the type of person I am these days. And he was my inspiration. He has always been my inspiration. He's very... He always said, just because you're a woman, don't let it hold you back. Um, And clearly he saw me in digital. So um, I'd love to have that conversation with him again. Um, And my third guest, I've sort of taken the artistic licence. They are a pair. I don't know if we can allow that. I I don't know if you can allow (laughs) it, but you could never have them separate. And I love humour. I just think life's too short to be too serious all the time. And growing up, this pair just made me laugh so much. And it was Laurel and her. Hardy. Yeah. And Hardy. I just would love to meet them. Um, I just think they are so funny. They wouldn't, you see, because I chat a lot, I could be speaking to Jacinda and my dad and they could just be mucking around. So I don't think a hot tub, though. No, all right. Yeah. We can have it as a dinner party. And then
0: I, maybe if it goes well, you could go in the hot tub afterwards, after
1: dinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just remember, you know, just cracking up constantly um, and watching those old old films and stuff. And um, yeah, there's so many brilliant people I would love to speak to. So many. But um, I think that would be a, a fun nine
0: Sounds good to me. Or maybe I'll join your dinner party. That sounds like a good one to be at. So the last question that we've got just to round off the conversation is I just wanted to ask whether you have a kind of a quote or a mantra which inspires you as a leader and that you think our listeners of our podcast could benefit from.
1: Yeah, so I've obviously been on a lot of leadership courses through the Florence Scholarship and met so many incredible people that have so many great things to say. But two weeks ago, as part of my personal budget, I um, chose to attend the Windsor Emerging Strategic Leaders course and it blew my mind quite honestly it did and um one of the the um facilitators i think it was peter buckley said to me um leadership is using your personal power to capture hearts and minds to deliver change and i thought that's just me that's what i do is using my skills, my experience to capture hearts and minds. So to to really try and and find out what the person is about and help them and to deliver the change that we need. So that for me just sums it up. I I think think that's brilliant. He's amazing. He's part of the Windsor Group.
0: That's such a fantastic way to finish. I think that was just perfect. Thank you so much, Dion. It's been such a pleasure, as as it always is, talking to you. And I'm looking forward to our next mentor
1: session. Lovely to speak to you too, Antonia. Good luck with the leadership log. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Leadership Log, where we're navigating everyday leadership. This is a non-affiliated podcast and any views, thoughts and opinions expressed by the hosts or guests belong solely to them and not necessary to their employer, organisation, committee or other group or individual.